Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow.
If ever since you believe, you haven't cast out devils. Well, you can, you just haven't. Because these signs shall follow them that believe. Isn't it funny? There are many people who have never tried it, but are convinced they cannot do it. But say this with me this morning. These signs follow me because I believe. Say, my hands heal the sick. I speak with new tongues. I cast out devils. These signs follow me. Say loud, amen. amen. That's your life. You see, in science, we were taught types of energy. And they told, they told us that there is potential energy and there is kinetic energy. Who remembers? And I'm not quite a scientist, but if I remember anything, we are told potential energy, in fact, I remember the right moment, I mean the very moment I was being taught in school. And from the name, I used it to remember what it meant. Potential energy is energy stored up. For instance, when you have gasoline in a can, there is energy stored up in that can. That's potential energy. But when you bring a trigger, like a match to ignite that gasoline, the heat from the fire is kinetic energy. And so what is kinetic energy? It is energy in motion. Praise the name of Jesus. So, I just said all of that to say this. Now, a believer says, well, I, I don't speak in tongues. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Well, I've never healed the sick before. The Bible says these signs follow them that believe. Oh, well, if I drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt me. I don't really know if I can do that. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. So now, there is something at work in you is definitely there because God said it's there. So the question is, how do I get it to work? How do I get this potential to become kinetic? How can the energy of God, the capacity of God within me be set into motion? That's what we're here to talk about. Praise the name of Jesus. Let me give you an example. I don't know if you know how what is popularly called the rapture is going to take place. Are you aware that nothing external is going to happen? God is not going to use any tool or any resource outside you to conquer death. Open your Bibles. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Are you there? Read it together, one to go. Now, he says, 
But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in him. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit. How is he going to do it? By the spirit that dwells in you. Listen, imagine you went to a burial and everybody is mourning the passing away of this fellow. And then in that burial, someone walks in, goes to the coffin, opens it if it was closed, and says, in the name of Jesus, rise up. And someone who had been dead for days, let's assume 14 days, jacks back to life. You're going to say, oh my God, such power. You know, some people will, will even go to such a person and say, what's the secret? Um, it, can you lay hands on me so that I will have what you have? But the Bible tells us, hallelujah, that at the coming of Christ, it won't matter how many days, how many years, how many decades, how many centuries you have been dead. Hallelujah. Especially if you're privileged for this to happen whilst you're alive. It says in a moment, the twinkle of, twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. And the agency, the technology for this is already in you. It's already there. So you carry something in you that will conquer death forever. Not only can it bring you back to life, it can bring you back to life and sustain you for eternity. In such a way that there will be no trace of death or sickness in you again forever. Now the Bible says it's there. So on that day, this day that the Bible talks about, all the believers, those who slept in Christ, will rise again. Amongst the people who will rise again, there are people who in their lifetime never healed a sick person. But the power in them was sufficient. Come on, are you here? They never healed a sick person. But the power in them was sufficient to bring them back to life. And keep them alive in such a way that there is no more death. I'm, listen, what I'm talking about is not something that will happen. It's something that is in you now if you are a believer. Think about what I'm saying. On that day, there are people who maybe didn't even believe in charismatic gifts. The fact that they don't believe in it does not mean it's not there. They also will be raised back to life by the power at work in them. Are you following me? So the question now is, who really am I? What am I capable of? And am, am I going to wait till that day to discover what I was capable of all, the, all this while? It's funny. Some people find it easier to believe that when Christ comes, they will be caught up in the clouds with him than to believe that God can heal a headache. You believe in heaven. You believe you are going there. Okay. 
heal a sick person. What's that? Do you, do you understand? Which is more difficult? Do you know what salvation is? Do you know what has happened to you? Praise the Lord. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You know, stages, uh, platforms in Celebration Church are just so they won't say we don't have. We don't use it. Hallelujah. Are you in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20? Now read it together, loud as you can, one, two, go. Read it again, one to go. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Huh. Praise the Lord. Just imagine you're a millionaire in dollars. Say loud a millionaire. But your daughter doesn't know because she's still very young. And so she comes to you and says, Daddy, can you buy me biscuits? And she, she honestly doesn't know if you can afford it. She, listen, when we were children, we didn't know what our parents could afford. Am I saying the truth? Of course, there were times, you know, where we came to a rude realization about the limits of our parents. When we were a child, I don't know if it's just me, I thought my parents knew everything. So the day I asked the question, and my mom said, I don't know, what do you mean you don't know? If, if that happened to you, raise your hand. You don't know? So now... You just realize, oh, she doesn't know all things. Praise the Lord. Some children think their, their dad is the most powerful man in the world. May they not put the man in trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because as, as a child, you don't know the limits, the capacity of your parents. That's why you're a child. That's what makes you a child. But now you're asking for biscuits. <laughs> and your dad owns an oil company. He's big like that. Has a lot of money. He has maybe 3,000 people working with him. And pays all of them well. And then the daughter comes, Daddy, can you buy me biscuits? Let me give you something you can all relate with. When the man says, daughter, I'm traveling. I'm coming back in two weeks. What should I buy for you? The child will say, buy me biscuits. That's what she knows. You know what I'm saying, don't you? The children will say, have you ever been disappointed by the expectations of a child? 
He says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above. The adjectives always get me. I can't, I can't get over it. If he says, above all you can ask or think, that, that, that passes the message already. If he says, exceeding above all you can ask or think, that passes the message in an emphatic manner. But then he says, exceeding abundantly above. He's talking about something that blows your mind. He says, the limit of your expectation. Tear the roof. Because it is exceeding abundantly above your highest thoughts. And I can understand that. Oh, God. That's why he's God. I think I understand what almighty means, but I don't. Because I'm finite. So, when I try to describe power, it's still limited. So, exceeding abundantly above. But this is the part that gets to me all the time. He says, according to the power that works where? <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, Lord, do you really mean that? Do you really mean So this is the conundrum now. I am more powerful than I can imagine. And so sometimes, if I'm not careful, I limit my capacity by my expectation. I limit my capacity by my expectation. That's what this is saying. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think according to the power that works in me. Oh, I just might be my own problem as far as charismatic ministry is concerned. Maybe I need to learn about myself more. Learn about the capacity of God at my disposal more. Maybe I need to understand. I need to be taught. I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn. So, two believers with the exact same capacity won't still have the same results. Because their result will only be to the degree of their imagination, their faith, their consciousness, their supernatural psychology. That's what I'm trying to say. Whatever you believe, irrespective of what you believe, your reservations about charismatic ministry, the myriad of, example of, of examples of people who abused it, the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall, they shall, they shall. He mentions a list of things. The list is not exhaustive. list of things that you can do. And don't you dare think that you can stand before him at the end of your life and say to him that you couldn't. Because you will be the liar of the universe that day. You can! Hallelujah. Say, I can. Say, he says, I can. So, I can. 
So why is it that some Christians are so powerful yet so ineffective? Why? For some of them, it's because they've not been taught. Or worse still, they've been taught wrongly. They've not been taught. Why is it that some Christians have more manifestations of charismatic ministry than others? Like I said, it can be a theological problem. They've been taught wrongly or they have not been taught at all. It can be a devotional problem. Because no matter your capacity, there is how to fan the flames. Do you understand what I'm saying? It could be a devotional problem. It could also be an assignment differentiation in such a way. Do you understand what I'm saying? In such a way that the specific assignments God will have me do will determine the manifestations of the spirit that will be strongest in my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there is something called ministry gifting. It, there's a grace for it. This one has little to do with devotion. Little. And that's why many people can't understand why some man of God will be embarrassing us, doing all kinds of funny things, and you can talk against him all you want. But when it comes to power, he still got it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's annoying. But it's true. Some have zero theology, zero. But power. You know, I was reading about the man in history. He said that he was the Elijah to come. That the scriptures promised the coming of another Elijah. And people were trying to show him clearly that that was going to be John the Baptist. He said, no. He's the one. Then the guys who were arguing with him, they made a mistake. They said, well, if you are the Elijah to come, Elijah called down fire. We're not going to ask you to call down fire. You just commanded to be rain. There hasn't been rain in this town for the past one year or two years. It's a long time. Ask there to be rain. They were in a field. Before they could run away to get shelter, they were drenched. His theology was wrong, but they said, call down rain. He lifted his hands like this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And that's why you need to be careful. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible tells us Samson had just been with a prostitute. The next moment, he got up with the power of God, carried the gate of a city, and climbed up a hill, put it there. Hallelujah. What I'm talking about is a disgrace. It's wrong. Men of God have wrecked people like that. Hallelujah. They've abused their ministry, abused their gifts. But the gifts somehow, which is what we're talking about, is still there. Praise the name of Jesus. 
For some people, it's just use. If, if you won't use it, you won't grow in it. Simple and simple and straightforward. If you don't use the capacity you have in God, you won't grow in it. But there is a fifth one. This is not an exhaustive list, by the way, that I want to talk to you about. Hallelujah. It's been called different names by different people. Some simply call it a flow. What did I call it? But you can call it the supply of the spirit. The supply of the spirit. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. If you pay attention to what I'm about to say, your charismatic ministry will change forever. Did you hear what I'm saying? It will change forever. If you had not been listening before, pay attention now. And what I'm about to say is, is not very easy to explain. I'm going to do my best. And so just pay attention. Now, there are two dimensions to this. Two dimensions to this. First and foremost, as you continue in your devotionals, Continue in your faithfulness in the secret place and all of that. There is something I can call a breakthrough where one day God gives you a system. God gives you tools. He opens you up to a new possibility that makes supernatural experiences more consistent. I'm going to explain. If you don't understand yet, just pay attention. When that happens, you discover that the things you have been doing before, you do it with ease. Maybe as a minister, for instance, you preach sometimes. Sometimes the moment you just carry the mic, a lot of things are happening. And then some, some other time, everywhere is just dry. So it's, it's a hit and miss situation with you. But there is such an encounter I call it a breakthrough where God gives you tools to make certain experiences consistent. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, you, you, you now, there is now such an experience in the things of God where you know what to do, just the right things to do, the right way to prepare, the right confessions to make for a series of events to begin to happen. It's possible. Let me give you an example from the Old Testament. I will give you a New Testament example if we have enough time. Let's talk about Moses. So Moses had an encounter with God, right? The burning bush experience. And the Lord speaks to him and says that he has heard the cry of the children of Israel. And he's sending him to deliver them. And Moses said, <laughs> how will they believe? And God said, by the way, a lot of people don't realize. God actually gave Moses three sons and we don't have 
time to talk about that, but just read that when you get there. But God said, what is in your hand? He said, a rod. This is the same rod Moses had had. It was an ordinary rod. God didn't give Moses a rod. You will understand why this is important as I go. Listen, did God give Moses that rod? No, it was already Moses' rod. He had been using it to guard his father-in-law's flock. But that particular day, the rod ceased to be ordinary. Pay attention. And so God said, drop it on the floor. He drops it on the floor, it turns to a serpent. He says, pick it up again. He picks it up, it turns back to a rod. Oh, wow. So not only was God giving Moses a sign, he was giving Moses a sense of control. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now he's telling Moses, this is what to do to get this manifestation. There is a control to it. And this is what makes ministry legitimate. Listen, the proof that God has sent you to do something is that you can do it again and again. The Spirit of God has touched different things and different people in history. In one occasion, or on one occasion, a donkey spoke. But that donkey does not have the gift of utterance. How do I know? Because if you ask the donkey or you expect the donkey to speak next week, it cannot. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, until you can control the experiences in such a way that the, the, the results can be repeated, you don't have a ministry. Paul said, not as if we're sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiencies of God who has made us able ministers. So, as when it comes to the ministration of the Spirit, he says, I'm able. There is a control to it. If you call me next week, I'm able. If you call me today, I'm able. If you call me tomorrow, I'm able. Yesterday, I was able. There is a capacity to it. That's what makes you a minister, a sense of control. This is how the, the spirit of God works. This is how charismatic ministry works. A sense of control. And as time goes on, you become so brilliant in the things of God that you are more skillful in how to wield them. Look at what God told Moses. Exodus chapter 4 verse 17. I'm just preaching from my heart. Look at this. He says, and thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. Everybody read this together, one to go. You see that? So now, every single or all, every major manifestation in Moses' ministry had a system. God had already told him what to do. So tomorrow, when there was a need, there was no need to search. Oh, what do I do? How do I answer this problem? God had given him something. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is this kind of confidence that God wants us to have in ministry when we step out. There should be a confidence, an experience that we have with God that makes us know that whatever we will face outside, we are prepared. 
another thing about this manifestation is that it was very versatile. So for the first plague, water was meant to be turned to blood. What did Moses have to do? He says, point your rod at it. For the second, there was meant to be many frogs flooding the whole city. What did Moses have to do? Point your rod. Do you understand what I'm saying? Different manifestations, same pattern. Do you know that is true about you? Let me explain. By the way, in the new covenant, don't go and look for a rod. <laughs> Do you understand? That rod was only a symbol of something more authentic that you have. So let's, let's study about you now. 1 Corinthians 12. Someone is like, what's the point of all this? You will know. <laughs> Hallelujah! Are you in 1 Corinthians 12? I've explained this to you before, so I'm just going to focus on something specific. Look at verse 8. He says, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit. There is something he keeps repeating for a reason. By the same Spirit, by the same Spirit, by the same Spirit, by the same Spirit. He's not being a boring preacher. He's drawing your focus to it. Hallelujah. So he's letting you know that this is different from physical sickness. When it comes to physical sickness, if you have headache, you take Panadol. If you have cough, you take antibiotics. The things of the spirit are different. God's permanent answer to all your challenges is the spirit. Hallelujah. So if fear is ravaging your mind, the spirit. If you want to flow in the things of God, the spirit. If you want to do ministry and be effective, the spirit. The spirit. It's God's, that's God's versatile answer. To every challenge that you face. Praise the Lord. That's God's versatile answer. In such a way that if you have this one, you don't need anything else. Can I tell you something? Do you know that when Moses and the children of Israel were in front of the Red Sea, with that sense of hopelessness, after all the plagues and all the things that God had taught him, when Moses called out to God, God appeared to be upset. Have you read it before? God replied and said, why are you crying to me? Stretch your rod and divide it. I've taught you by now what to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're talking about the supply of the spirits. How God gets things done through us. I mean, why would God say, someone is praying. Moses prayed. The moment the children of Israel were afraid. Because Pharaoh and his army, they were coming at them. And there was nowhere to go. The red thing in front, the soldiers behind, where do we go? 
and Moses was trying to encourage them, you know, stand fast, you will see the salvation of God, you know, and then he said, let me take a moment to pray. As soon as he said, God, God said, why are, you, why are you calling me? Can you imagine that? Could it be that there are some things that you are calling out to God for that he has already given you a structure to handle? Maybe that's why there is inconsistency in your life. Because you are praying and it, it feels right now like God answers some and he doesn't answer the others. But he's saying, this is how I work. I have deposited something in you so that when there is any challenge outside, you draw the solution out. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? If we don't understand this, we don't understand the things of the Spirit. Prayer can become a frustration if you don't know how to use it. Sometimes all you need to do is to spend time praying. The answer is inside. After you spend time, you will come up with what I call miraculous wisdom. Let me tell you something. There is general theology instruction in the Bible. You will heal the sick. But in the ministry of Jesus, there were dynamics to these things. Sometimes he says, I open. Sometimes he bends down, he put clay, his part on it. Why? Do you understand what I'm saying now? So, the, what the Spirit of God does through prayer is he furnishes you with specific wisdom within the parameters of his word for that situation. And that is why you will discover that maybe there is something you have been praying about. You've been praying about, you did everything right. And nothing appeared to happen. But one day as you were praying, your spirit was open to possibilities in God. And God said, do this. And you did it and everything changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how God gets stuff done. Pay attention to your inside. Hallelujah. Because the resource, or let me put it, the rod is inside. That's where the miracles come from, from inside. Pay attention. Glory be to God. Now, I told you there are two dimensions to this, right? And I just gave you the first one. <laughs> I want to give you the second one now. Praise the Lord. And what I'm about to share with you, frankly speaking, it has annoyed me many times. If I may be totally honest with you, we're talking about the things of the spirit, right? When you study the Bible, you will discover that there are many people who did incredible things by the power of God who didn't obey any of your rules. They were not praying. They were not fasting. They were not in fellowship. Nothing. 
yet something incredible happened. So many times, they were even going about their duty. On one occasion, one of them was even going to disobey God. I'm going to show you. You know the story, but I'm going to point it out to you. Let's use Mary, for example. Before and after the birth of Jesus, we don't see anything extraordinary about that lady. Let's be honest. Isn't that true? So we are not told about her favor, her devotion, nothing. But one day, she's all by herself. She was not praying. And then an angel walks into the room. And they have a conversation. Now, if you were Mary's friend, and she tells you, oh, an angel walked into my room. And we talked, he said this, he said that, he said this. And then nine months later, you see the sign. Ah! And you say, Mary, what is the secret to charismatic favor? Give me the tools. I hear there are seven tools. I only know signature. Give me more. Choir joke, choir joke. So my dear, they don't understand. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I'm not. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just imagine Mary, for instance, wanted to replicate the experience. She cannot. <laughs> she, doesn't, she, she doesn't know what she did right. In fact, when the angel came and healed her, she was surprised. The Bible said it. The Bible says she was surprised at his salutation. She was almost afraid. Huh? So the angel had to say, no. He said, you have, you, you have found favor with God. Blessed are you amongst women. You have found favor with God. So she did nothing. I will tell you why. But not yet. Now there is another guy. Some other Christians are praying in their room every night. Lord. I want to see you. A divine encounter. Divine. Divine. Touch me. Touch me. For what on me? Oh, yes. You know. This one, guess where he's going? He's going to arrest Christians. And on his way, the Lord Jesus appears. The glory, the radiance knocked him off his horse. Such a powerful encounter. The glory was so brilliant, he couldn't see anymore. Hallelujah. And listen, what I'm talking about happens both, both ways. You see, there are just, oh, glory. Help me, Lord. You know, let me use another science thing again. Don't mind me. I don't know why I'm doing this this morning. In science, there is something called eclipse and it's all about position where is the earth where is the sun so the earth is rotating and revolving but when everything all these planetary bodies align in a particular way some incredible things happen do you understand what I'm saying so now I'm telling you that apart from the general principles of miracles there is something called the timing of God, the calendar of God. There are specific things prophesied to happen in some seasons. 
And when that time comes, there are possibilities. Do you understand what I'm saying? In such a way that whoever finds himself in that season, both as a receiver or as a minister, the result will be extraordinary. The receiver receives extraordinary favor. The minister gets supernatural manifestation. There is just an ease. And you can get carried away and say the man of God is special. He's special to have that privilege. But there is also an alignment. God stepping out on his Listen, what I'm talking about is so controversial, it's almost like a scandal. This is what I'm saying. So now, there are people, picture this, you never pictured it this way, probably, probably. There are people beside the pool of Bethesda, they've been waiting there for a long time for this river to be stirred so that they can jump in and receive their miracle. And amidst all the people there, Jesus goes to one man. The man he went to, did the man have extraordinary faith? No. Look at how the man was replying. Nothing special about that man. After the man, you know, the man was a talkative. Jesus asked a simple question. He said, I have no man to help me. Because when the angel comes and says, somebody will simple. Have you met people like that? Some people, the Lord asked me to call and pray for just randomly yesterday. So I called one of them. I said, so I would like to agree with you on something. What would that be? He said, so, 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 my family, my generation, something, something, something. Five minutes later. So what would you like me to agree with you about? You see, five years ago, something, something, ten minutes later. So what will you like me to agree with you about? Loquacious. Hallelujah. By the normal parameters of faith, that guy didn't qualify. But not only did he receive a healing, he was the only one that Jesus, are you getting this? He went straight to him, ministered to him, and went. Let me give you an example. We had a healing meeting in this church last quarter of last year. And I didn't want to stay in a hotel, so I was in one of these house. And as I was there, whilst I was talking to the owner of the house, I saw a vision of a girl who could not walk. And I was praying for her to be healed. So I, in fact, I said it to the person. I said, I just saw a vision now of a girl who could not walk. And I prayed for her to be healed. And then he said, well, God's will be done. Moments after, I saw the same vision, and I said it again. So, honestly, in my own human understanding, I thought I was going to find such a person in the meeting. I came here, ministered to the sick. Well, great things happened, but nothing of such happened. At the end of the service, I don't know if you remember, we're standing somewhere there, and I told you, I said, I saw a vision of myself praying for a young girl. I don't really know what is happening. I told her also. She was the second person I told. Now, after the service, the same person was driving me home. And then he said, please, permit me 
I want to visit somewhere just to pick something. I'm not going to take the time to ask her. And so we drive. The car is outside. His wife comes down, goes in to pick something. As the wife enters to pick, I think it was tea or something, she sees the neighbor who had a daughter who had not been walking. And she just thinks, my pastor is outside. This lady is to carry the girl outside. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So now I'm in the car, you know, service had ended, just chilling. I look out and I see what I saw. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I don't know if that family was praying. I came from Abuja. Flew in from Abuja and that, that lady was who I kept seeing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Say the supply of the Spirit. Now, it, Do you know what has happened? There was, there was a gathering I was to minister in. In that gathering, there was someone who had a health challenge I had been trusting for. And in that meeting, something happened. What I'm telling you annoys me sometimes. But I'm telling you this so that you will understand the pattern and you will see more consistency in your life. I know I'm taking time, but this is worth it, isn't it? And that meeting, there was an opening. I can't explain it. Opening for someone else who had the same issue. Now, I was just meeting that person. This person had been trusting for, but this one, you know, and the person got healed on the spot. Jesus himself talks about this. Let me show you. Are you learning anything? What is the theme of the service? Oh, glory to God. You know what? Pray in the spirit for a bit. Oh, you have to do better than that. Tear up yourself right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. And someone here was standing in the gap for a child. The healing of the child. The healing of the child. But that child has just been healed. That child has just been healed. Luke chapter 4, verse 26. 
What you're about to read is a little annoying. Are you there? Let's start from verse um, 25. He says, but I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. Verse 26. Everybody read verse 26 together, one to go. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save Sarepta, a city in Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Now, there is a, a contextual emphasis to this. But now you still ask the question, why? And then why is he even saying that? Look at the next example he gave, verse 27. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. Let me tell you what he is saying and what he's not saying. This same Jesus, many occasions, will heal all. So the fact that I'm pointing out to you that there are special seasons, like some of you, yours is this morning. In fact, I flew from Abuja for a field trip. It was all a little impromptu. In fact, yesterday, was it yesterday or day before, Pastor Mario said, I didn't know you were coming. Is that true? Was it yesterday? I said, I didn't know you were coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. like that young girl. Maybe there's, there's just someone here. Maybe a family. Something. But something is about to shift. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say I'm ready. So, supernatural favor for the receiver supernatural manifestation for the minister. And the minister is wondering, why is there such an ease concerning this particular thing? It's the season. So, the minister finds himself to be in the privilege of God's emphasis for that particular time. It's like the wave of the ocean. You don't create it. You just soften it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You carry your board and you know how to glide with it. This is how charismatic ministry works. On a personal dimension, on a, listen, oh my God. I, I have a lot to say about this. And this is one of the reasons why some debate will never end in the body of Christ. For instance, some people know how to prove exegetically that sowing and reaping is not a Bible ordinance. It's not a Bible principle. The people who are teaching it are wrong. But imagine trying to teach that to the widow of Zarephath. What, what do you think she would tell you? Well, you don't understand what I'm saying. She would tell you, I was about to eat my last meal and die. But I wasn't even praying. Take note, she wasn't praying for the encounter. 
But the man of God showed up. He said, give me to eat. For thus says the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, what you prove theologically in principle does not eradicate the fact that there is something. Listen, there is a manifestation of the miraculous in this direction. It is so theological that Jesus talked about it. He said that the prophet indeed was sent to that widow. And so when he told her God was asking her to give that last meal, God was not being wicked. In fact, ironically, he wanted to bless her. Did I confuse you? So it is true. And that's why in the body of Christ, some will say, eh, I've been giving. I was not blessed. And fundamentally, we don't give to be blessed. Are you aware? We give because we put the kingdom first. We give because we love the brethren. We give because we love the work of the ministry. But there are times where, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm? Zova after centuries. Are you with me this morning? Not as a principle that everyone, don't forget what he said. There were many widows in Zarephath. If you like, go and give your last meal also. So, it wasn't a principle of sowing and reaping. It wasn't a principle. It was a work of miracles. Where God says, I'm going to supply your need. And just to prove that I am your supplier, this last one that you have been banking on, spend it. Give it out. And you better well do it and fast. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why there will be argument. You will show some people, yeah, yeah, yeah. They will never agree. They say, it has worked for me. And listen, they are wrong in the sense that they now try to impose it as a principle. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I'm letting you know, you also have to be conscious of the flow, the supply. Hallelujah. Be conscious of it. Sometimes the needings might be ridiculous. Ministers of the gospel here. Has it happened to you that there were some meetings you were preparing for? You wanted to go and preach. There was there is something you usually wear, and you wanted to wear it, and it felt off, so you took it off. Has it happened to you before? Has it happened to you before? Something you wear. It might be a wristband or something. It's not for this meeting. <laughs> it's weird. Jesus is in your boat. Cast it now at this point to this side. Say, based on theology, the Lord can meet my need anyhow he likes. Okay. Or just imagine the blind man. Jesus picked up clay, spat. As he spat like this, the person by his side told him, the blind man, maybe the person, his guy, told him, they want to put on your eye. He said, hey, 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 Don't put that rubbish on my head. Don't put that rubbish on my head. Rubbish. Is that not what Naaman did? He said, of all the rivers, why this one? But the spirit said that one. Don't you know what I'm saying? We're talking about the supply. 
You're praying. And the Lord said, call this person. Do this. Go and sit at this place. In fact, wear this to work tomorrow. If you don't know what I'm saying, your flow in the things of God will be limited. And you'll be a prayer warrior, but nothing much will be happening for you because you don't really understand how Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. This is the last text I will read and then we pray. You know what I'm doing? I'm opening your spirits to possibilities in God. Possibilities. But what if I told you that everything you need to conquer what is ahead of you is inside you? What if I told you? I'm here to teach you how to look inside. How to draw something out. So look at what Paul said. Everybody, Philippians 1, 19, read together, one to go. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So prayer is important, but what prayer does for me is to help me identify the particular supply for this particular problem. Hallelujah. Especially when it comes to things, you know, where you are not really sure of the will of God concerning this. This guy is in prison. There are people who have died and it was, you know, for the glory of God, the will of God. And at the same time, there are stories of angels coming and tapping people. Get up. So when you're praying in that conundrum, you're not really sure what you should do. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. As you stir, your, stir up yourself, the Bible says, James chapter 5 verse 16b, it says the effectual heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes power available. Dynamic in his walking. That is the versatility I talked about. Do you understand what I'm saying? Dynamic in his walking. And as you pray some more, you're going to have what I call miraculous wisdom. A specific answer for that challenge. Specific. Praise the name of Jesus. So yes, okay. The Bible says, this is who I am. I'm, going to, uh, I'm the healed of the Lord. There is healing in God. How is this healing going to come? How is this healing going to come? Someone said he saw in a vision someone, he's a minister of the gospel, he had been sick. Isn't that interesting? Sick for a long time. And he, this is a major faith healer. I mean a major faith preacher in this country. Not in this country, in the world. About the foremost, based on how men judge faith. And he had had this back pain. For a long time. And then on this particular day, he feels like he has tried many things. But now, his fellow men of God, all right, friends in ministry, some of them junior to him, they gathered and laid hands on him. That was what he saw. Sometimes you place your hand on yourself. I remember years ago, sick with a fever. I just got up and I was stirred up and I laid hands on myself. I fell on the floor. 
and I got up healed. Hallelujah. But sometimes, now don't start arguing. Huh? Why does someone have to pray for me? In fact, I don't even want them to know what I'm going through. Don't argue. Do you understand what I'm saying? Flow with that leading. Final example. So these two apostles, they're walking in a particular area. Every day, a woman with a demoniacal spirit, a familiar spirit, will come and be saying, oh, these men, they bring good news and all of that. Day one, they knew. They knew she, was not, she didn't have the spirit of God, but they did nothing. Day two, they knew. Day three, they knew. But a day came. Are you following what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? A particular day came. There, there was just something. A vexation of spirits. And then that spirit was addressed. So sometimes you are using your faith, but some other times there is a flow. And I can tell you something. Some people have mastered what I'm saying so much that their devotion is akin to someone who is just waiting to see the direction the wave is going and just suffering. And so, there are repeated miraculous experiences in their life. And you're wondering why I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing everything he's doing. There is a flow. Praise the name of Jesus. And you're going to learn it today. Say loud amen. So in the next few minutes, as we minister to the Lord, pay attention. Joel said, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He talked about visions. You will see visions. Say loud, amen. You will know what to do. Some of you, this particular thing that you're going to receive an answer for, you have been praying about it, but today will be different. Hallelujah. Just bow your heads, close your eyes, and worship right now. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.